Well, good evening. How are we all feeling? Tired? You're okay. We've eaten. We're ready for a nap, aren't we? Thank you, guys. You're amazing. I feel like we need to give Pastor Rob a, a big welcome for being here at Spring Retreat. It's good to have you here. Thank you for having us. We've had a great day and um, we haven't finished yet, have we? In fact, we've got tomorrow too, so it's really exciting. Um, I love the journey God's taken us on today that we kind of began with kind of repositioning ourselves and opening ourselves up and allowing walls to come down and stand in faith. And then we had an awesome What Would Jesus Do panel. We learned some amazing things and then how to refresh. And so you've all been given permission to go and buy a chair and just... Yeah, don't tell your husbands to come talk to me tomorrow. They can talk to Pastor Pauline. <laughs> uh, but this last session, this time we have together, I'm really excited about because I believe there's still more. Everyone say there's more. There is more. And here's the truth. I don't always like more. I don't like more work. I don't like more pressure. I don't like more growth. I don't like more things to do. I don't like more change. There are a few things I do like more of. I like more chocolate. I like more napping and sleeping. I like more coffee. I like more eating. All of those things I'm okay with. So I guess I'm a bit picky about the what the more looks like. And I guess if it's for me, then I'm okay with it. But who, who wants more of God? Yes, he's not finished. I mean, um, who was worship leading tonight? Where are you gone? Beautiful. You said the same thing. He's not finished yet. He's still doing more in us tonight. And that well, excited me when you said that because I'm like, thank you, God. Yes, there is more. I want to put a scripture up, Isaiah 44, verse 3. And it says, God is the refresher. God is the refresher. And he provides nourishment by pouring out his spirit on us. The Holy Spirit is able to fill up our hungry, dry hearts. What an incredible scripture. God is the refresher and he does it by pouring out his Holy Spirit on us. And the Holy Spirit is able to fill up hungry, dry hearts. That's the key. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it brings life and light. And I thank you that you are the refresher and that you pour out your Holy Spirit on us and you fill up hungry and dry hearts. And that is our prayer tonight. We want more. We're ready for more and we want to receive the more you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So tonight I want to talk about what the power of the Holy Spirit has done in my life. By saying yes to God and then yes to the Holy Spirit, I have seen things with my eyes I've never seen before. I've seen miracles. I've seen people set free. I've seen breakthrough. I've seen atmospheres shift in front of my very eyes. By saying yes to God and yes to the Holy Spirit, I've felt things I've never felt before. I've been in the presence of God and been moved to tears. I've felt His presence. It moves me. I have heard things I've never heard before. I've heard the whispers of heaven. 
I have felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and direct me and guide me. And I have spoken things I've never spoken before. I talked this morning about how I was back in my box and my cave. But as I have said yes to the Holy Spirit, I've been able to speak out things I've never said before. I've prophesied. I have declared. I have preached the gospel. I have done things and I've said yes when I've never been able to do that before. And I have done things I've never done before. I've stepped out and I've trusted him and I've continued to stand in faith. And it's not always been easy, but with the Holy Spirit, he's enabled me to do things I've never done before. And I want to tell you, he wants to do that for you. He is the refresher and he wants to fill us up. But it has been a journey and I shared a little bit of this this morning, but I want to share a bit more tonight. And it was one that I was scared of in the beginning. Because it wasn't something I felt comfortable with. I, I felt like the Holy Spirit was there to express the fruits of the Spirit in me and to be my comforter. But the empowering, boldness, power side, I wasn't really keen on that. I, it was a bit unknown. And so I shelved the Holy Spirit, if that makes sense. I said, yes, God, he's my God. He's my creator. And Jesus well, he saved me, so yep, I'm good with God and I'm good with Jesus. But the Holy Spirit, I felt like was a little unknown, so I kind of shelved him. <laughs> but in shelving him, I shelved my power. And so I kind of left the Holy Spirit there and went over here and lived my own life. God, tick yes, Jesus, tick yes, but leave the Holy Spirit over there because a little bit strange, a little bit weird, a little bit out there. And that's how I operated. But that, in doing that, I walked over here and left my power over there. Does that make sense? And so here got hard. Instead of being curious and opening myself up, I hid to keep myself safe from more of God. And maybe you've done that too. And maybe you have kind of shelved the Holy Spirit because you think it's keeping you safe. But in lots of ways, all we're doing is limiting him. There is more. Say, there is more. There is more. So I just want to share with you four simple keys that I have discovered that help discover more of God, more of the Holy Spirit, and more refreshing. Is that okay? All right. The first key to discover more is do not box God and do not box the Holy Spirit. So let's be honest, many of us do box God. We put him in a box that we feel like we can control and understand, and then we use him that way as well. If we don't see him big, we don't see him able to do big things in our life. And so we box the all-knowing, all-powerful, all-creative, almighty God. But who knows you cannot box God? God is way beyond us. So the key is don't box him. But we are control freaks. And we do. And do not box the gift that he has given us to live a supernatural life. The Holy Spirit is a gift for us to live here on earth a supernatural life. My personality, I shared this morning, I like calm, safe and settled. And for many years, I wanted God and the Holy Spirit shell, but God in a box that I could control and understand. And... But doing that, I remained powerless and I did things in my own strength and I stayed small and I stayed stuck and I put up my guard and my walls and I was here. 
very, very small. And so anything would fracture me or anything that came to push me out of my comfort zone, I rejected and I pushed off. And I know Josh used to send people to pray for me to be filled with the Spirit. So what I did, I, I, I was obedient. When we got married, I left my dad's church and I went to Josh's church. And that was a big move for me. I found that really hard. In fact, I cried for the first year going out to um, his church because I missed my dad's church and I missed my church. And it was a big, big thing to say yes to God. So he would send people to come and pray for me to receive the Holy Spirit. And I'd be like, oh, no, 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 thank you, no, thank you. Out of my box, back off. No, 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 I'm good. I have the fruits of the Spirit. Yep, and the Holy Spirit comforts me. You can step right away. I don't need that prayer. Thank you very much. And I would, in altar call moments, I would disappear. I, I would. I would literally go sit in the bathroom, sit in a cubicle. I would sit in a box because I didn't want to be part of that. I didn't want to step out. I didn't want to open myself up because it was out of the box. And when, when the pastors would say, all right, we're going to, please come forward, we're going to pray for you, that scared the living daylights out of me. I ran the other way. I'm like, no, I am not doing that. Because I'd made God small and so I saw him small and then I didn't see what he was able to do and I didn't see people being set free. I only saw me. I only saw myself and my fear and my worry and my control. And so I limited God for many years and I limited how he could use me and I limited when he could use me and I put him in a box and I boxed myself. And so for me, it was a massive journey and I remember going to visit my friend um, who lived in Sydney and I went to her church and I'd been, done enough, you know, resisting and pushing back and all that. And I was standing in worship in her church and I something just, something happened on the inside of me. I don't even know what. And I just felt this uh, guard come down and I felt like it wasn't even an altar call for to pray in tongues or anything like that. And I just sat there and I was like, okay, God, if this is real and this is a gift for me, I'm going to open myself up, not say anything to anyone. My, my friend was standing next to me, but she didn't know. And I'm like, just started, I just asked, I prayed. I said, God, I'm scared, but I opened myself up to this. And if this is a gift, I want to receive it. And I started speaking in tongues. And I was, I was surprised because I thought it was going to be so scary. And I thought it was going to be so full on and so weird. But it was the most beautiful, <laughs> refreshing easy, ease, grace-filled thing that I'd ever, ever received. And I was shocked, absolutely shocked. And I didn't know what to do. And I didn't tell Josh for two weeks because I was like, number one, he's going to be way too excited. But number two, I knew how hard he'd tried to like have people come and pray for me. And I was, no, 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 I'm, I'm a Baptist girl. I'm not going to do that. But in that moment, I received the gift of tongues. And I changed my life it changed it changed how I prayed it changed it wasn't scary it was beautiful and it was gentle and it was strong and it built me up and I was just overwhelmed with how different it was from what I had boxed it as Ooh. pride made me resistive to the Holy Spirit control made me resistive to hold the Holy Spirit so whatever box you've kept him in, be out of fear or religion or whatever it is, tradition even, today it is time to get out of that box. 
you to allow the Holy Spirit and his power to flow in your life. And I promise you, it's going to change your life. It'll change your family. It'll change your community. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, Do not quench the Spirit. I did a lot of quenching. But here is the thing. God is as large as you allow him to be or as small as you can find him to be. As large or as small. And the Holy Spirit is as present and powerful as you allow him to be or as small and confined as you allow him to be. Do not box him. He's a gift for you to live a supernatural life. Number two, let him reinvent you. One key that I have found to discover more of God is being willing to let God reinvent me. And we have to be willing to let God reinvent us. I remember when I was umming and ahhing whether to marry Josh because he was a Pentecostal and I was a Baptist. And I was like, he is way out of my box, like way out there. He's like a little bit weird. I don't know that I can marry him. It was a real thing for me. This is how small and boxed I was. But I knew something in me, I was really attracted to him. I'm like, I meant to be with him. But I, yeah, thank God he orchestrated all of that. Anyway, I went for a drive with my dad and I thought my dad would say, Shana, he's really out of your box. Don't marry him. Marry someone else in our church. There's plenty of boys here in our Baptist church. Anyway, I said to dad, I don't know what to do because I, I admired my dad so much. I don't know whether I should marry him or not. Like he's full on Pentecostal. I'm full on Baptist. This is not going to work. And dad said to me something incredibly wise. He said, well, Shana, if you choose to marry Josh, you need to open yourself up to whatever that looks like. And I was, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> I thought you'd say to me, that's it, Shana, don't marry him then. If you're a, you're a bit, no, he actually almost gave me permission to step out and open myself up to whatever that looked like. And I've told him so many times since, I'm like, that word, it helped me so much. If he didn't say that to me, I think I would have been even more resistive along the journey. Even I was still very resistive. But I feel like God says that to us tonight. Would you open yourself up? whatever that looks like? Would you open yourself up to him, open yourself up to the power and the empowering and the boldness that the Holy Spirit gives us and allow him to do things in our life we have never seen before? I'd made God small to fit me and my preferences and my theology and my knowledge and my personality and my weaknesses. And sometimes that's how we view things through our own lens. But here's the thing. We can't do, God, meet me where I'm at and save me and leave me here. That's not how it works. It's meet me where I'm at and change me. Change me. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. We have to allow him to reinvent us. Reinvent us. And we have to remember that he is the potter and we are the clay. He's going to mold and push and shift and change you. That's how it works, not the other way around. It's not me molding and pushing and changing him and telling him how to use me and when and how and what. <laughs> it's he is the potter and I am the clay. Don't box him. Let him reinvent you. Number three, position yourself to hear. Hear. 
listen. We've heard that all day. Now, this is something you might not know about me, and it's not something I ever share. I've only shared with our girls. But I am mostly deaf in my right ear. And I've been like that since I was born. And we don't know why. I don't know if I was born like that. Or my mum, I said to her, what happened to my ear? And she's like, I don't know. Maybe I dropped you one time and damaged nerve endings on your ear. And I'm like, well, that's awkward. Thanks, mum. Anyway, it's the thorn in my flesh. And it's kept me humble all of these years. But because of my ear and my hearing, I've had to learn my whole entire life to reposition myself so I can hear. So when I'm walking, I'll make sure I'm on a certain side so that I can hear or I'll turn my body to make sure I can hear. I have to reposition myself, otherwise I can't hear. Have you ever played Chinese Whispers? I am terrible at that game. Never ask me to play that game. I have post-traumatic stress from going to birthday parties as a young girl. I'd be like, I don't want to play that game. Because I wouldn't be able to hear anything that was said. I would be like, please don't. If it's in this ear, I'm not going to be able to hear. I can't do it. And I used to sing in church because there was a need. But I guess that explains why I'm not very good at it. Because I can't pick the harmonies. So never ask me to sing. But when I was dating Josh, um, he used to think I was upset at him a lot of the time. (laughs) Because half the time I couldn't hear him. So I wouldn't respond. And he probably thought I was like upset or grumpy. But... 50% of the time it was that I just didn't hear him. Like when he was driving, I was like, I don't know if I could, I just missed so many. I mean, sometimes it was I was giving him the silent treatment. But the other 50% of the time, I couldn't hear him. Now, the Holy Spirit asked me to share this and I don't particularly love doing it because it's something that I want to hide. But it's a picture of what we are like. See, we hear really well. I hear so good out of my left ear. We hear really well the natural world and go live our life over here. But we're deaf to the spiritual, deaf to the Holy Spirit, deaf to his power and his empowering of us. And so we live deaf to this and hearing really well over here in the world. But it's the spiritual that gives us the power and the authority and the anointing to do what God has called us to do. And we have to have one ear to the natural and also one ear wide open and positioned and leaning in to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, which means we have to position ourselves to hear. See, our weaknesses will make us want to hide to not play the games, to not go, to not show up, to not do that thing. That's what our weaknesses do. And it happened in the garden. When Adam and Eve sinned, what did they do? They hid. Their weaknesses, their sin made them hide. But all the while, God is walking through the garden going, where are you? Where are you? Can you hear me? Where are you? And we're over here hiding of where our weakness or our shame or our sin but all the while God's just calling out the Holy Spirit speaking saying where are you I want to speak to you I love 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 the story of the woman at the well in John 4 the Samaritan woman who goes to collect water at noon in the middle of the day the hottest part of the day when no one else will be there because she's ashamed Because she wants to avoid people. Her weakness makes her want to hide. And Jesus is there at the well. 
and he offers her living water. And she is a bit confused at the start, but she meets Jesus, she's confronted with the truth of her past and what's going on in her life right now. That's what happens when she has this conversation with Jesus. And right in that moment, she experiences revival within her heart. And her personal revival at the well led to a revival in her city because she received living water. And she was going there at noon in the hottest part of the day, but she runs back into town to the people she was avoiding because of her weakness and her shame. And she says to them, come and meet a man who told me everything I ever did. Her personal revival at the well, her leaning in, positioning herself, listening, awakened something in on the inside of her. And she was able to go and see revival happen in her town to the people she avoided. The well was a place of new beginnings and it was a place of refreshing and it was a place of relationship and it was a place of revelation. Her eyes were opened and it was a place of intimacy because she she realized Jesus knew things about her that she didn't think he'd know. But it was also a place of mission. See, the revival and the Holy Spirit isn't just there for us, it's there for others. And I have found that power has come into my life when I have positioned myself to hear, not closed myself off because of my weakness or or the stuff that I have going on, not stepping back and hiding, which is what we so often want to do, but stepping forward and leaning in. Hang on, I'm listening. I'm listening. Let me hear you. Lean in, position yourself to hear. Don't box him. Allow him to reinvent you. Position yourself to hear. And my last point, be a stage five clinger. That's what I've learned. What is a clinger? It is somebody who becomes overly attached very quickly. Somebody that doesn't let go, right? Have you ever had a friend or a boyfriend who is a stage five clinger? You know people like this? If you, we, we might be one and we don't even know, but we, yeah, we know, the, we know who they are. I love, I love when our boys turned about four because they became a bit more independent. They could go to the toilet on their own. They can, you know, go to sleep on their own. But before then, they were literally on my hip, in my bed, in my lap. Anywhere I was, they were there. And I loved it. But if I'm honest now, I really miss that stage where they clung on for dear life. And while the world will tell us, hear me now, while the world will tell us maturity means getting independent, kingdom maturity means clinging on for dear life. It's having a tight grip and not letting go. But we're not taught to be like that. We're taught to be independent, but we're meant to cling on for dear life. So for me to access and receive and, and, and receive the Holy Spirit, I've had to make choices. I've had to choose to humble myself. I've had to choose to not be misindependent. I've had to choose to be present. I've had to choose to say yes. I've had to choose to respond to altar calls. I've had to choose to turn up time and time again. I've had to choose to position myself to hear. 
I've had to choose to lay down control and say yes to the Holy Spirit. I have had to choose to not hide away and put up walls because of my weakness. It will take choices. But honestly, when you step out and when you do do those things, I promise you power comes into your life and your life and people around you will be impacted and changed. Mary Magdalene was a stage five clinger. She was with Jesus when he was having dinner and pouring out perfume on his feet. She was at the cross when everybody else had run and she was at the tomb the night, the da- the night that he was um, killed and then she was at the tomb the first morning of the resurrection. She was a clinger. But here is the thing, because she was clinging onto Jesus, she sees him and she hears him first. She was a clinger. The team can come and join me. She sees and hears him first. So in John 20, we find Mary and she's in the garden tomb. And this is after Jesus has just resurrected and she's crying, but she hasn't seen him. And there are two angels sitting there. And I want to read it. In verse 13, it says, she's in tears because she can't find Jesus. And she's like, they asked her, these two angels said to her, Woman, why are you crying? She says, they have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. She's like, they've taken my Lord. He's mine. She was a clinger. This was personal to her. And verse 14 says, at this she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realise it was him. And he asked her, Woman, why are you crying? She's in grief, right? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will go get him. She wanted his body. She wanted him. She wanted to cling to him. She didn't realise she's in absolute tears. See, she turns around and she sees Jesus, but she doesn't recognise him through her grief. But he's standing right in front of her. See, sometimes our grief can make us miss the supernatural right in front of us. So she says, I need him. I need his his body. Where have you put him? Where have you moved him? And then verse 16 says, Jesus says to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. As soon as he said her name, as soon as he said her name, she knew it was him. Because she was in close proximity to Jesus. She knew how he spoke her name. She knew. And she did what she always had done. She fell at his feet she clung to him and verse 17 says Jesus said do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to the father go instead to my brothers and tell them I'm ascending to my father and and your father and to my God and to your God Jesus is saying don't cling to me 
because he wasn't staying on earth in one physical body, limited to one physical body. He was going to his father. His redeeming work was done and it was finished. Things were about to change. Things were about to change and they'd have to be different. And, and, and he knew that she would find that hard. But he was saying it's going to be even because I'm not leaving you, Mary. I'm not leaving you. I have something better for you. I have living water, living water. And I am sending somebody just like me, somebody not just for one woman, but for all women and all people at all time. I'm sending the helper. I'm sending the advocate. I'm sending power. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. Wait him and cling to him. Be a stage five clinger. Jesus, he met Mary in a garden and he met the Samaritan woman at a well and he meets you and I here at conference. Right here in this very moment. And he says the same thing to us. I have living water you and not just for you for everybody see the woman at the well she doesn't just have her time with Jesus and write in her journal and go back pick up her jug and go back to her life unchanged no 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 she left her jug and ran into the town because she knew it was good news for other people and Mary Jesus says don't you stay here go tell my brothers Go tell people, the first revivalist, she picks up her dress and runs to tell people about Jesus because revival in us leads to revival and refreshing in others. The Holy Spirit is here and He is living water for us. Would you stand to your feet with me? Because it is time to cling to Him. It is time to cling to Him. He is your power. He is your refreshing. He is your guide. He is your helper. He is your advocate. Isaiah 44 at the beginning where I read, God is the refresher. And He does it by pouring out His Holy Spirit on us. And His Holy Spirit is able to fill up our hungry, dry hearts. Sometimes... We're hungry and dry and we don't even realise it. Sometimes we shelve the power and walk over here and live our lives and we don't even realise it. But the invitation to you and to me is I'm the refresher. Let me fill you. My Holy Spirit is going to fill you up. I want to pour Him out on hungry, dry So we're going to take some time and worship and we're going to pray and we're going to pray that the Holy Spirit fills you and He changes you and He empowers you and He gives you boldness and courage, not only to have revival and living water in you, but in the people around you, in your workplace, in your family, in your community, wherever you go. The living water isn't just for you, it's for them too. So we need a fresh in filling. So we then can refresh others.
That's what we need. We need power so we can refresh others. Will you lift your hands to heaven? Father God, we come before you in this moment and we acknowledge that you are the refresher. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit who is there to fill us up and empower us and help us to live a supernatural life right here in our reality, in our workplace, in our families, in our community. And right now, Holy Spirit, we cling to you. Fill us up. We want more, more of your presence, more of your power. We want more. And so I pray in this time we have that we would open up our hearts and minds, that you would fill us up and we would walk out of here changed forever, never the same, aware of our mission, aware of your love for us, aware of your refreshing for us, but not just for us, living water for others. We're ready. Come and fill us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we worship, I want to encourage you, be a clinger. We're going to worship. Why don't you come and join us? We're going to pray because we believe in the laying on of hands. You will be filled and refreshed and empowered and boldness and power will come on you so you can go live a supernatural life. So why don't you come? Let's worship. Let's open up our hearts and minds and allow the Holy Spirit to do what He does because He does the filling. It's not me. It's not Pastor Pauline. It is the Holy Spirit. And we must position ourselves to hear. We must open up our heart and mind and say, yes, I want more. Come and fill me up because He's the refresher and He pours out His Holy Spirit and His Holy Spirit is able to fill us to overflowing. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you hungry? Are you hungry for more? Let's worship and let's pray in the name of Jesus.